In March and April of 2020, we weren't sure what to do or what exactly was really happening in our world. In the midst of all of that confusion, churches quickly pivoted and went online to ensure that their congregations had access to biblical teaching each week. What was lost, though, for many was a regular connection to community. Well, this morning on MyBridge, Aaron Acey will be connecting us to why we need each other and what his church community is doing to get connections back. Now, our guest is the executive pastor for Calvary Church in Bellevue. Aaron, welcome back to the conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So one of the things that uh, I always like to kind of ask people now that we're on the back end, ish of the whole pandemic reality, right? And uh, all that trauma that we all went through. In the midst of that, God was still God, right? He was still doing what God does. And he was still speaking words of hope and truth to us and providing the grace that we all needed to kind of get through it. Was there a verse that was particularly meaningful to you? I don't, I don't think that there was any one particular verse that, you know, that comes to mind. I think for me, it was just, uh, I had kind of started to think about my identity in a way, you know, my identity is in Christ Mm. and my identity is uh, not in my workplace and it's not in the church, even though I serve the church vocationally, uh, my identity is in uh, being a disciple of Christ Mm. and discipling others and reminding myself that discipling my family and being with my family and doing life with my family on a regular basis Uh, is more important than anything that I could do at work or any club or activity that I could be in a part of my household. Yeah, that's so good. Lots of things got stripped away from us, right? We had to get back to the basics and go, who am I in Christ? And what's the essence of what he's called me to do in life? That's so good. Aaron, I I still remember, you know, when things began to go online, right? The tool was always there and uh, different people, different ministries, you know, used it to some extent, but it, it went went front and center uh, as COVID began to, to play out. And what a blessing, right? What a blessing it was to be able to virtually at least be with one another and worship together and hear the word proclaimed. It was such a blessing during during that window. Now we're past that window. We're back gathered or we can gather together. What's maybe some residual now that you kind of go, as good as that was then, it's kind of left some stuff in the aftermath that's not so good. So what would that be as you think about it? When people started kind of gathering online instead of in person, uh, it was great because there was still a lot of community happening. There was a lot of interaction that was going on between people. There was right. a lot of chatting about things. People were saying things like, how are you doing? And, and somebody would chat back and say, hey, I'm doing well, or this is what's happening, or can you pray for me in this way? And it wasn't too long before the shine kind of wore off of that uh, part of the technology when people kind of stopped interacting. And, and we kind of fell into a, a method of watching a service happen hmm. instead of being a part of the service that's happening. And so, you know, you've probably heard that adage, um, you know, we want to go and make disciples, not sit and take, uh, becoming a consumer of that information. And so we kind of quickly fell into this thing, like we watch other other shows on television or online where, you know, we don't interact with a television show. We just watch it. It comes to us in our living room. And we kind of fell back into that habit of just watching church happen instead of being a part of the church. Uh, whether that had been serving or being in a group, but really even just interacting with people as if you were sitting in a service with a 
uh, a fellow believer, a friend that you've never met, a friend for a long time, or even just hanging out in the lobby afterwards. Aaron, as some of us became very, very comfortable participating in church online, again, which was awesome at the time, you know, it got super convenient and comfortable, right? It's like we get up a little bit later, which is awesome on Sunday, right? Rest a little bit in the day, which is good. And then grab our coffee, a little breakfast, turn on the TV, you know, log on to the internet and voila, we're, we got church in pajamas, right? It was great. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but as we've kind of moved forward now, we don't have to be in that same scenario. We can come back together and uh, some have been slow. Some of us has been slow to, to kind of come back. What would you see the negative impact for us as an individual to the extent that we have remained and allowed online accessibility to keep us from reconnecting with community? Well, people that are a part of a church, uh, particularly those that attend a church, um, you're a part of God's mission through that local church. And so when you go to church, you're putting yourself in a place where you might end up having a conversation. You might be seen by somebody else. You might be able to spur someone else on towards their faith. And you're a part of the church when you come and be a part of the church in person, when you're there physically in the room. And not only that, you can be physically challenged and you can have conversations with others that might challenge you in a different way than you expected when you're there at church. And so when you're not there in church, uh, when you're at home watching it on television, watching on your phone, other things like that, uh, it's awesome to still be connected to God's word through the teaching and the worship of your church, but you're really not uh, putting yourself in a situation where you can be a part of the mission of the mm-hmm. local church. You might still be a part of the mission of God's church, the big C church, uh, because you're still learning. You're still being equipped. You're still getting your marching orders for the week, uh, but your local church is there to impact the local area. Hmm. And if you don't go be a part of what they're doing, um, or if you're not physically there to go and be the hands of feet when you leave that building, uh, it's not always the same. Hmm. Yeah, so it's not just about me. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? It's not just about me? Yeah, it's about what you do when you're with others. Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. Aaron, as we're talking this morning about uh, just the importance of reconnecting with community, you know, I thought, you know, the way that we do church in part impacts whether we feel this need and see the importance of reconnecting to to community, beginning to, to go back to fellowship in person. Uh, and what I mean by that is if my experience in church pre-COVID was rush in, sit in the back pew, listen to a sermon, sing a few songs, get up, jet out, not really engaging people necessarily a whole lot, then I didn't miss a whole lot. All I missed was the right car ride there and the car ride back. So how I do church impacts how important church probably is to me as far as attending physically. So what does that look like for someone to not just go to church, but actually be the church as they go to the service? Well, gathering at church is a part of one of the parts of being a disciple of Christ, gathering with other believers, learning about what God's word says, being challenged towards that mission. Uh, But like I said, it's only one of the parts of being a disciple. And so when you come and gather at church, um, you're not putting yourself in a position to you know, be and make disciples. There's two parts to the discipleship conversation. God calls us to be a disciple, 
but also to make disciples. And so if you are not engaged in that, if you're rushing in at the last minute, rushing out as soon as the service is over, you're really just a, you're just being a disciple. We'll go back to that word consumer in a way. You're really just consuming something that the church is doing for you, but you're really not taking that out and making other disciples. You're not, again, you're not putting yourself in the game. You're just still standing on the sidelines in that conversation. And so it's important for you to be engaged in other ways, into connecting in small groups, serving the local church, sharing your story and God's love with others, and giving financially, giving sacrificially generous, you know, in, in a generous way. Those are the rhythms of a disciple. And, and then only then you can be a full, you know, a, a deep and meaningful disciple, but also you can begin having that conversation with other people to help them become a disciple as well. Aaron, we were talking about uh, just the importance of reconnecting to community and specifically about attending. Timing-wise for most of us is a Sunday morning service with another group of believers, right? And, uh, you know, at Calvary, you, you guys talk about uh, having five rhythms. You kind of alluded to that a few moments ago as well. These five rhythms, and we've been talking about one about gathering, but uh, you have another one called connecting, right? Connecting in life-giving small groups. So I'd love to kind of hear a little bit about that. What's the value of really pressing in to be part of a small group? I love you highlighted the life-giving part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's new for us. It was kind of, it's not a revelation. It's not crazy, but it really is. You know, I've said before, um, I've I've been a part of some small groups that were not necessarily life-giving. And I'm okay saying that because uh, not every group of people that you've ever been in was like your best, favorite, most awesome time that you've ever had. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that a life group should be a place where you have fun a place where you can find value and have life with others. But it's really, you know, gathering in homes daily is something that church in Acts 2 did. They gathered in homes daily after they gathered to the temple courts. And they did that so they could do life together, have community, uh, support and, and feel the needs of others and support each other in the way that they needed throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, like I think every everybody in church, everybody who's a pastor, for example, um, the goal of a life group would be to extend the care of the church beyond what anybody on staff at the church could do. And time and time and time again, uh, what we hear at Calvary or what other churches want to hear, right? What you want to hear is someone, uh, something happened to someone and now they're in the hospital and they let you, somebody let you know. And as a pastor, your first in- inclination is, okay, I need to go see that person. I want to go see that person. I want to care for them. And it's so awesome, you know, when these groups are working and they're in life with each other, the very next sentence that you hear is, uh, but you don't need to come and visit. The life group has completely taken care Mm. of the needs of this person. They've already been there. It's Mm. already done. I'm curious, do you have a story maybe of a person or a family that connected to a small group at Calvary and how God used it to transform their life? We have a lot of small groups that are starting up right now. Uh, As we get into these rhythms as a church family, um, we have 80 small groups. Uh, That's 30 more than we had a little bit Mm -hmm. ago. And a lot of these groups are brand new. And so a lot of these groups didn't happen just by people saying, hey, we have groups, sign up for one. These were groups where people intentionally invited someone. And so this last week, uh, one of our staff members started a new group of men that were primarily outside of the church, people that really didn't attend the church, people that haven't really been closely connected to say, hey, right now we're going to talk about some really cool things about our community. Love for you to come and study with us for six weeks. And they just had their first small group meeting this last week. 
And already after that meeting, one of those individuals stayed after for 30 or 45 Mm. minutes of their own time to continue to ask questions. Who is God? What is he doing in your life? You know, deep spiritual questions like, does he actually even exist? Mm. Some of those hurdles that would normally keep someone from engaging in the life of Christ, just being broken down in one meeting after just being invited to a small group and invited into that conversation. Aaron, what would you say to the person who's been slow to get back to church? Like they, they love God, but church online has been, they feel like it's been good for them. They, they've enjoyed it. They like it. And they've, they've just been hesitant to uh, kind of retrain themselves to a, a Sunday morning rhythm that way. How would you encourage them? I think there's a lot of churches. I don't know what it's like, uh, you know, in the Tri-Cities area, for example, I haven't connected with a lot of churches out there, but, you know, here um, we've pretty much resigned ourselves to the fact that people that are not with us are probably not coming back. And even though we still have those conversations on a regular basis, you know, we call them grocery store conversations. You can't walk into the grocery store, you know, because we're known, you know, people see us on the stage and you can't walk into the grocery store without seeing somebody these days. And the conversations are always the same. Somebody says, Oh, Hey, um, yeah, yeah, it's been great. You know, we haven't been back. We're watching online, you know, Mm. and and we used to just be like, that's good. Good. (laughs) Good for you. And now, now we're finding ourselves just, you know, I think God has kind of given us uh, some permission, I think in a way to say, no, challenge them. Mm. And that's the line that we've been using is man, we miss you and uh, we miss having you around to be part of the mission of Calvary. Hmm. And when somebody hears that, like they go, Oh man, I was part of the mission of Calvary. And one by one, uh, those conversations are helping people come back and, and then they're getting involved again and they're being in groups again. And it's cool to see them, Hmm. see them do that. Hmm. But the temperature of the local church uh, stand, as you probably know, well, we're still a little bit afraid, I think. Hmm. Of, of what's not happening and what's going on. And as we're starting to look at things like budgets for 2023, you know, a lot of these churches, they're overstaffed and, and they don't really know how to get out of that scenario. And so it's a bit scary as we continue to look into that unknown of who's not coming back. So I, I really appreciate you guys making a focus of this and trying to do what you can to help people understand there's a value in gathering with them. To what extent, uh, Aaron, do you feel like uh, it's in a good way, but challenging way, this is a wake-up call to the church to, like, are are we engaging people and our people in a way that uh, doesn't compare to them sitting at home in, the, in their pajamas and watching it on, on TV, right? Isn't there some, what of a, kind of an exposing of maybe some weaknesses, some things that we need to kind of be about in addressing? I think that we've really had to take a look at everything that we do. You know, churches for a lot of time, a lot of years became highly programmatic and programs help people do things in a system, you know, a systematic way. We can help a lot of people do something simply by having a program. And so we've had to unwire a lot of those programs as church leaders. We've had to remember our job isn't to make a program happen. My Mm -hmm. job isn't to make Sunday mornings happen. My job is to engage people who come to Sunday mornings and who want to come to Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to get back to the business of people, to the ministry of people, not the ministry of programs. And that's been really challenging because a lot of, a lot of the young church leaders who have started to, uh, to come into the church over the last 10, 15, almost 20 years, 
that's all they've ever known. All they've ever known is we have Sunday mornings and then everything else stems from Sunday mornings. And so, you know, our rhythms that we have, it, it looks, it's a circle. It looks like a pizza and there's a you know, five slices in the past. Those rhythms used to look like come to Sunday morning and then do all those other things. Now it looks like, no, there's five ways of engaging as a mm-hmm. disciple. So we have to do all five of those mm-hmm. things. And so it's completely changed the way that we approach people individually because we can't just count on the fact that they're going to come to a service and then understand what they need to do. We need to help them understand what they need to do. And coming to a service is just one of those five things. As you think about coming out of, again, those realities, we can gather now. How do we, as the church, keep from losing the lessons to not lose them as we kind of shift back to more normal? Well, you've got to continue to uh, equip people, uh, not just, you know, tell people what to do. People need to learn the skills. They need to learn the lessons. They need to be learned, you know, developed as leaders. Um, I I really think that it comes back to um, just engaging individuals, engaging groups of individuals, thinking about everything that we do as a church and saying, is this something that we just want people to come and consume? Or is it something that people can actually get involved in? Hmm. Uh, as a church, we're we're so good at rationalization. You know, we can rationalize anything that we do. We you know we do things like, you know, we want to have uh, we want to have a women's retreat or a men's camp out, and those things are amazing for fellowship. and And most people would never meet others and get into community without those types of things. And so, for us to say, well, what's the purpose of that? Well, we used to say things like, well, we'll do it because we want to get people into small groups. But the reality is, is we didn't spend any time during those times talking about small groups and the value of small groups and modeling small groups. We just did it because we wanted to get some people together and have fun. Well, we can get together and have fun. You know, that's the purpose of having a life group. You know, you can get together in groups and do that kind of stuff. But I think that we need to, as a church, we've got to continue to think very strategically about everything that we do, whether it's a Sunday morning service, an opportunity to serve, a time to connect, even even the way that we give financially. Everything ties back to the individual and strengthening their ability to be a disciple on their own, not someone that has to continue to just get hints along the way. Aaron, one of the things I've always thought was interesting is when you look at Scripture and uh, verses that really get at what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, there, there are absolutely ones that could kind of lead you to an experience like a Sunday service, right? But there are far more, <laughs> I believe far more, that would lead you to an experience like a small group. Like I, I believe one of the fullest descriptions of the church and what it means to be a church are the one another commands, right? Love one another, serve one another, bear with one another, <laughs> you know? Use your gifts to build one another up, speak the truth to one another in love. The, all those things don't happen sitting in the pew next to somebody, right? Those things happen when you're life on life with people. So I believe that the fullest expression of being a part of the body of Christ is with a small group of people with names and faces that you know that you're walking through life with. Yeah, I think of Hebrews, you know, Hebrews 10, 24, 25, you know, where it says, uh, don't give up the habit of meeting with each Mm -hmm. other, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, let us consider how we can spur each other on toward love and good deeds. 
you know, but later on in that verse, it says encouraging each other. And that's the part that we miss, right? We've got to find that opportunity to encourage one another. And so if you want to, if you want to be one of those that does church at home for whatever reason, that's still okay. It's still okay. If you're, if it's unsafe for you to go out, if you're sick, if you're on vacation, you still want to connect to the body. Church online is still a good thing, but consider how you do church online. Don't just put it on your television and watch it Mm. while you sit there doing other things. Find a way to get in the chat, figure out what's going on in somebody else's life. Ask if you could pray for someone. Be a part of that service just like you would be. Yeah, that's so good. And extend that experience by still getting connected with a small group, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's lots of groups that meet online. I lead a small group that's online. It's Thursdays at noon on Zoom. And it's like, man, who doesn't take lunch on Thursday? And so there's really no excuse. We're not asking you to give up an extra night of the week. We're not asking you to go somewhere that's out of your way. Join us on Zoom. It's at noon. You know, pretty much anybody can do it from anywhere. Well, Aaron, this has been an incredibly enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak so frankly to us about the struggle that churches are facing right now and the need to come back. Really appreciate you spending the time with us this morning. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.